Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Twice a month, I'm joined by my friend Jim Barrier, and this is the second time of this month. Say hello to Jim Barrier. Hello, Bob and everybody. Yeah, this because this is my second show of the month. It'll be my final show in November. So I'm going to get a little jump on the Thanksgiving season, which I think is fair because we're already listening to Christmas music, which, you know, I greatly appreciate. Yeah, we already leapfrogged over the Thanksgiving season. Oh, oh yeah. So, I, you know, I, I don't have any problem with any of that. I love the holidays. I love to celebrate. And so we're going to do, I'm going to do a little bit about Thanksgiving tonight. And this morning at church, a talking to a gentleman that I've met a few times there, and he got onto a thing about, you know, we, we need to live in the present. We need to live in today and not worry about yesterday because we can't change anything and not worry about tomorrow because we can't control it, which is all good. I don't like to argue with people at church all the time, but I got home and I was thinking about it. And, you know, we build our lives on an event that took place 2,000 years ago when Jesus died for us. And that certainly is something in the past, but it, it has tremendous weight in my life and in our faith. And at the other end of the scale, I look forward to heaven and spending eternity with my Creator, and that's a future event. And it certainly is foundational for my life, because if there's no heaven, if there's no eternity, then what are we doing? So there's some extremes. Just to say, don't think about yesterday, don't think about tomorrow. I understand that, but the truth is we have to take the whole deal. We have to be aware of the things that happened in the past. We need to be look forward to things that will happen. So tonight I want to do some giving thanks for things. And a quick little word study for those of you that are uh, philologists out there. The word grace in the scripture in the New Testament is the word charis. It's a wonderful word, and it has to do with the fact that we are given things from God without any preference, without any qualification. It's grace. It can't be earned. You know, the classic thing, unmerited favor, all of those things. Grace is a great word. And from that word charis, we get the word charisma, which is the word gift, particularly in Paul's letter to the Corinthians. The first first Corinthians talks about the charismatic gifts. They had a whole movement that caught on in the 70s, and it was the charismata, the grace gifts. And then intriguing thing about this word is it is also often translated in the New Testament as the word thanks. And so there's this big picture. We give thanks for the gifts that God has given us freely by his grace. Well, it gets even deeper than that because the real root word car is the Greek word for joy. So that's in there too. There you go. Oh, that's good. See, throw that in. Joy to the world. Yeah. Anyway, just it's all tied up together. And by the way, that's why we say grace before our big Thanksgiving dinner. Paul said anything that is received with thanks is sanctified, because in those days you might be eating something that could kill you. And when I travel, especially in third world nations, I always give thanks for whatever is put before me. I might not even know what it is, but I'm going to thank God for it and hope he sanctifies it and doesn't kill me. <laughs> So there you go. So I wanted to give thanks for some things. Ahead of time, I asked Bob and Brendan to have some thoughts of things that they're thankful for. And so the first category, this first segment, I want to talk about some very important things. I want to talk about my family and my friends. 
And those are things that I am most grateful for. I've been very, very blessed by God to have, I have a wonderful wife. She's a godly woman. She's, if you read Proverbs 31, it's talking about Leslie. She's, she's a business mind. She's got integrity and she is well. She must be getting on in years though, Jim, if they were talking about her all the way back when Proverbs was written. I'm sure that's a great testimony to her character, but boy, you weren't robbing the cradle with her. Well, talking about longevity, and actually I was robbing the cradle. I'm several years older than Leslie, but she's just that type of person to the degree that I get respect from people because of my relationship with Leslie. And that's a tremendous thing to have in a marriage relationship. Since I'm thankful for her, I'm thankful for my children and my grandchildren, and now even I have a nine-year-old great-grandson. So I am a patriarch of sorts, but so family is real important. Don't want to take them for granted, and I, I cherish times with them. And we got to visit my youngest daughter when we were in Arizona just a few weeks ago, and her boys, and it was a really, really wonderful time. Jump on in here, anybody, if you've got things about your family that you'd like to acknowledge. I mean, for me personally, I, as you guys know, I'm a dad now. So, I mean, Russell is a Mm -hmm. huge, huge blessing to me and especially my wife as well. I really do love her so much. I know that she is listening right now. So to Russell and to Shelly, if you're listening, which I know you are, thank you guys. I really, really appreciate you guys and being in my life and being such a big blessing. My number one is actually slightly, I actually appreciate God for giving me this life that I have. You guys probably didn't know this, but tomorrow is my birthday. So tomorrow I'll be 28 years on this planet and I have zero regrets. Of course, I've made mistakes, but I've learned from those mistakes. And I think I don't want to sound too braggadocious or egotistical. I think I'm a really good, nice human being. And I think that's what all of us serving God is supposed to be doing. We are supposed to be just serving them nicely and treating each other nicely. So this Thanksgiving season, that is the kind of spirit we should be getting into is spreading that kindness, spreading that joy around every single person, family member, friend, stranger, just pass on kindness. One random act of kindness goes a very long way. That's awesome. And you know, congratulations again. You had mentioned before about your, your firstborn. And if I may, being a patriarch and a father, a grandfather, now a great grandfather, I want to give you my two cents worth since I've done all my child raising and that stuff. It's, it's probably uh, going to be inflated to a five cents probably. And it's this. Spend every minute that you possibly can afford with that child because they'll grow up so fast. I mean, I'm telling you, I've got kids that are now grown and have children of their own, and one of those grandchildren has children of her own, and it all just flies by. So when you start getting to those ages where there's special interest, maybe they want to do sports or theater, drama, music, whatever it is, be there. Be there because you don't want to be that guy that 20 years from now says, I wish I had spent more time with my kids. I promise you that. This is the wisdom of the sage who has lived a long, long age. But I hope you'll take that to heart and think about it every once in a while. I hope that will echo in your heart. Over Absolutely. Years, my my, my wife... Motherhood. 
my wife continuously has to remind, well, I wouldn't say continuously reminds me, but she reminds me every so often about how small he is and appreciate how small he is now because he's going to be an adult in the blink of an eye and he's going to be as great of a human being as I am or even better. I'm going to try to push those kind of morals onto him. And again, he's only going to be, what now, three months for so long now. So yeah, he's already growing up so fast. I had to weigh him this morning, 18 pounds. That's double the weight that he was born at. I mean, goodness gracious, this kid can eat formula like no front, but (laughs) that's besides the point. It's been a very fun ride so far and I know I got a long way more to go and I'm going to cherish every single memory I have with him. There's a song every parent should listen to and that's came out in the 60s, Cats in the Cradle, or maybe the early 70s, but boy, the lyrics of that song, it's just harrowing for any parent that grows up without spending too much time with their children. Yeah, there was a very, very true message in that song and unfortunately, many people have had to consider that and think, yeah, that was me. And I don't think I wasted too much time, but I still think maybe I could have spent a little more time with my kids. And and I have a great relationship with my children. And and that's what you want, Brandon. You want to, when you're uh, down the road, you want to look back and go, yeah, I did the best I could. And for all of us, you know, your parents, folks, I know some of us didn't have the best situations with their parents, perhaps, but they did the best they could. And that's what you want to do. Do the best you can. And how about you, Bob? How about your family thoughts? Well, I'm very grateful. I love my wife. Dana and I were married in the year 2017. We were both married before, but just very happy, just in bliss. And I love my grandchildren. Now, my kids really put off having children. They were both in their 40s before they had children. So it was the running joke that here I was getting into my 50s and 60s, and I still didn't have any grandkids. (laughs) And then God, who has a great sense of humor, but also a great sense of blessing, brought into my life somebody who I did not know existed. My sister, who had been killed in a car accident when she was 21, apparently had had a baby. And my parents had never told us about it. The baby was put up for adoption. And this woman, Sharon, managed to track me down. So suddenly, even though I I was not yet a grandparent, I now had this niece. And my niece had a child. And her child had a child. So I was a great uncle, even though I had never been a grandparent before. That's a great story. And I'm sure you're a great uncle. Yes. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool to have Uncle Bob? Can you imagine? Well, with all the years I did campus ministry and all the weddings I performed yeah. in Children Being, where there are all kinds of kids, and they're all in college yeah. and beyond yeah. that now. And they, I, I'm Uncle Bob to a lot of people that I'm not literally that's, related that's, to, but they do still think of me as their uncle. So. Well, that's a, that's a good thing, actually, from my experience. But yeah, well, the good uh, there are good uncles. We hear a lot about the crazy uncle. Well, anyway, Jim, hold with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Bob Siegel Show. You only need to listen to this radio program once to figure out that Bob has very strong opinions on a wide variety of issues. But one of Bob's strongest passions is freedom of speech itself, even when such speech challenges his own convictions. So feel free to send Bob a comment or a thought-provoking question. You can reach Bob on Facebook or questions at bobsegel.net. My wife already texted me and informed me that we were married in the year 2015, not 2017. (laughs) 
my spin is it doesn't seem like it was that long because it's been ah. such a great marriage, right, honey? I think 2017 still sticks in my head because that was the year that we went to Israel together. Maybe. Okay. Who knows? But she's right. Of course it was 2015. Of course she's right. Of course she's right. And, uh, and by the way, this is not really a disclaimer, but most of the time when I'm on the show, we talk about sometimes some difficult things. We talk about trouble in the world, or we talk about controversy in the church, or any, we, we have a lot of things. We have to talk about some harsh realities sometimes, but tonight we're focusing on just being thankful. And so uh, along with family, I'm very thankful for the friends that God has trusted me with. I use that word. I feel like he has given me relationships, and I need to be a steward of those friendships. And I have so many really, really quality friendships. It's just, it's an amazing thing. And I say this from time to time, I have at least five men in my life, and some are in San Diego, there were yours, and some are on the East Coast. I've got five guys, any one of which I could call and say, I need you to get on a plane and come here right now. And they would do it. I mean, I've got some solid friendships, guys that I'm accountable to and guys that I would do anything for and they would do anything for me. And I'm so grateful for the quality of friends that God has blessed me with. I don't know what that says. I know what the wizard said to the Tin Man. He said, a heart isn't judged by how much it loves, but by how much it is loved. And so I feel very loved. I feel very, very fortunate to have so many good friends. And I count you among those friends, Bob, a good friend. We've, how long have we been working together now on the radio? It uh, goes back to the year 2006. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, in a few years, we're, we're probably going to have to do a 20-year celebration. Yeah, something. something like that. And of course, I feel the same way, Jim. I certainly count yeah. you amongst my friends. You're on a very short list of people that I immediately ask a prayer of. Well, yeah, and I appreciate that. And I did, by the way, see the text earlier about your show next week and stuff. So we'll be praying about that. I view that as something, there's something spiritual connected to that whole thing. So I know you want what God wants, whatever that might be. So tune in next week and find out, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, as Yoda said, always in motion is the future. Hmm? <laughs> that was a good Yoda, Jim. Well, thanks. Yeah. I, I still the next point in your delivery you will make. Hmm? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm grateful for friends. I have a couple of really good friends that live there in San Diego, and they've come out to visit, and I see them whenever I'm in town there, and they're those kind of people, you know, and one of them that's interesting. <laughs> One of the guys there in town, I have to be careful when I use language like this, but I kind of consider him one of my disciples. He got saved, and I kind of mentored him, and, and then, you know, he went into ministry. And he's out there in San Diego, very involved, but he'll call me sometimes and say, what do you think about this? And he'll give my wisdom on things. I really appreciate that, that I have friends that look to me for that, and then I have friends the same way. I'll call and say, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this thing here. Can you pray about it? And if you have something to speak into my life, I welcome it. And those kind of friends that you can just be very real with, no pretense, you don't have to perform, you just, you're there. Those kind of relationships, you can't put a price on. Now, Brandon, I know you're younger, as we like to say, you're a baby, really. I mean, goodness, you're still in your 20s. Again, 28 tomorrow, so I don't know. I'm seeing a lot more gray hairs as of late, but that's another story. <laughs> you know what? This month, one of my grandsons turns 21, and my granddaughter, the one that has the child, 
is 32. So, I, you know, I've got grandkids older than you. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I but, get that told a lot, too, uh, by other people but, as well. <laughs> but it's good. You can learn from all, all of our experiences. But you have a good friend. You have some good friends in your life that you don't have to give names here because, you know, they might track you down. No, no I don't uh, care. I can give they them might out. call in and say they don't think they are one of his friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I've actually had a lot of friends who I've actually kept over through elementary school. That's how long I've wow. been friends with them since second grade. And I still often talk to them, call them talk, and everything. I even had one of them uh, come over to visit and have fun last night. They actually live here in San Diego along with us. So it's really awesome to have that kind of friendship and to reminisce on those times. There's plenty of other friends out there and they often move away from other sides. And yeah, yeah. while I think social media has its cons, it also has its pros where I get to message them. I still get to know what's going on in their lives or in my childhood life as well. So for that reason alone, I'm thankful for that social media. Otherwise, I can't stand social media. It's a wasteland of space sometimes uh, here and there. It it really can be. Yeah. And lastly, I just wanted to also uh, mention going back to family very quickly. I wanted to shout out to uh, my parents and even my in-laws. Everyone talks bad about in-laws all the time. And like whenever I talk to other friends, of mine. My in-laws are so fantastic. They treat me so nicely. Awesome. They treat me like the son that they never had and everything. And I just so, uh-huh. so appreciate them. And of course, to my mom and to my dad, thank you for everything you have taught me and to become the kind of man that I am to this day as well. So, And I want to give a shout out to uh, my brother and my sister as well. And I'll send them this part of the show too, but they've helped me grow yeah. up so much too. And I will always cherish and love every moment I have with them as well. That's fantastic. I want to share a story about a friend. This just popped into my head, but I may have told you, Bob, about a friend of mine. I knew all, you know, probably since seventh grade, we played Little League together, went to school, middle school, high school, right there at Mount McGill in Spring Valley. And we kind of got reconnected in recent years. And I was having dinner with him one night and he was a professing atheist. I went to seminary. He went to Berkeley (laughs) and we were talking one night and he said, so you're a Christian, I know that, because he watched my conversion. He saw me before and after. I said, yes. And he said, do you believe the Bible? And I said, yes, I do. And he said, do you believe in the resurrection? And I said, yes, I do. And I went on to explain why. I said, you know, the disciples' behavior changed dramatically from running and hiding and denying him to all of a sudden they're out in the street preaching fearlessly at the risk of going to jail. And I said, I think something dramatic happened, and I think that that was they saw the resurrected Christ. And this is what my friend Jeff said, so do I. And he began calling himself a Christian. He called me yesterday. He said, I don't know if you've seen the movie After Death. I've heard about it. I haven't seen it yet. And I said, no, I'm going to. And he said, I want everybody to see that. He said, I saw that movie and it had an impact on me. It's just amazing to watch somebody, you know, that's my age and is having a spiritual change at this stage in life. And it's very exciting, and, and that's drawing us even closer together because now we share faith together, and I think that's really cool. <laughs> so let's move on. We've got family. We've got friends. I have to say I'm grateful for the church. Now, the first church I ever attended was Skyline Church. Once in a while on this show, we hear a, a little promo for Skyline Church, and Bob, you teach classes there. And I had never darkened the doorway of a church until a friend of mine persuaded me to come to Skyline Church with him. And as a result of that, I was converted and baptized and began identifying myself as a Christian. And so I'm grateful for the church at that very foundational stage for me. But even today, 
Leslie and I have founded churches. You guys know I retired a few years ago from being a pastor, well, from the church that I was pastoring. I always, I'm still a pastor. I just don't get paid anywhere. <laughs> I don't have my name on a door. But we found a church we've been attending for several months now, and I know the pastor. He's, he's a tremendous teacher and just loves God, and the church is doing great. And I went to church this morning. We had a whole, it was a pre-Thanksgiving service. We had a whole morning, and all we did was we celebrated the goodness of God. And he talked about the faithfulness of God, the good things of God. And we sang songs that we worshiped. And I love the fact that church could be a very healthy thing if we find the right place and we go with the right attitude. And I'm so thankful for the people in the church. And I'm just getting to know most of the people there because we haven't been there that long. But I'm grateful for the family of God, the community of believers that we call church. It had a profound impact on me to the point where for 40 years of my life, I was a pastor. So it was kind of my job to go to church. <laughs> but I love the church and I love the people of God. I had people who were mentors to me, spiritual parents that trained me and taught me. I'm so grateful for those foundations that were laid. And then I had the opportunity to do the same. And so tell me about a little bit about your church experience and what you walked through. Well, the guy that led me to Christ when I was in junior college met with me for two years once a week and mentored and discipled me. I also got into some Bible studies and had some, back then I thought people in their 40s were old. So I had some men in their 40s that mentored me. So I was very grateful for my church experience as well. That was a great part of it. And then as as I started doing ministry, more and more in the scriptures was I seeing the importance of the church. As you know, I recently wrote a book called The Many Myths About Ministry, just challenging the church to be more what it should be. So the church has been a large, large part of mine. I did an itinerant ministry for many years, which involved speaking at different churches and college campus fellowships, which I think actually function as churches, even though they don't always use that word. So yes, the church is very important. When I was led to Christ, I remember the guys talking to me. I told them, even if I became a Christian, I'll never set foot in a church. By the end of the week, I couldn't get enough of Christian fellowship. And I think that's a change that came from the Spirit of God living inside of me. Yeah. And there have been times in my life when I've gone through difficult times, those people were there to support me and to protect me and to rally around me and pray for me and see me through the difficult times, as well as the positive things of teaching and the fellowship, the good things that come in life. But those people are there when you need them. And that's been the case for me. So I greatly appreciate that. You know, you touched on on the Bible. That's something else. I am so thankful. I cut my teeth (laughs) spiritually. At Skyline, at that time it was Skyline Wesleyan Church, and they had a pastor there named Ira Shanafelt. He was a great Bible teacher, and he wrote a book on First John, which became foundational for me. And I'm so grateful that people taught me and led me, instructed me, encouraged me to read the Scriptures. That was always the compass for me. That was the slide rule. That was the standard. What does the Scripture say? That's been foundational for me, and it's been a theme for me. But I've done it as a pastor and everywhere I go, what does the Bible say? I appreciate your opinions and I appreciate what this guy on TV says, but what does the Scripture say? What does it really say? And the Bible has been a light to my path and a lamp to my feet. And I'm so grateful for the Scriptures. So we're just kind of going all over the place here. I feel compelled to voice this, to give thanks for these things, that my life would not be the same without my family, without my friends, without the church, without the Word of God. Who knows? I don't even want to think about what my life would be like 
had I taken another course or had God not intervened in my life, however you want to look at it. As you know, Bob, I'm not much of a Calvinist. (laughs) I've often wondered that myself. What would my life be like if I had not given my life to Christ? And I was almost 20 years old before I did that. But I look back now and I just can't imagine anymore what life was like without him. And I really, you know, I have childhood memories. We all have those things. But I think nothing was relevant anymore prior to my conversion. And the truth is there are events like that. I think about my relationship with Leslie. Leslie and I have been married now for 42 years. I don't even really think too much about things prior to my relationship with her. It's been such a wonderful time. And that's one of those things, you know, God just kind of brought her right across my path when I least expected it. So it was a wonderful thing. Well, 42 Uh, years, I'm just hoping Leslie doesn't text you and tell you that you were married in 2015 also, Jim. (laughs) You know, I've tried to be real good about remembering not only what year. Yeah, well, you're doing better than me. This is a stump the day you got married tonight. <laughs> I've had, you know, I perform a lot of weddings, and I, every once in a while I'll get someone who'll get married on, a, on an important holiday, like Christmas or New Year or something like that. And, and I'll say, Who would want to get married on one of those days? That just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know, but I always tell the groom, You have no excuse for ever forgetting your anniversary. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Honey, here's your Christmas and anniversary present. Oh, and it's Valentine's Day, too. It counts for that because that's right around the corner. <laughs> Or you could get married on leap year on February 29th, which we will have next year. And then you have to only remember every four years. But boy, that would make it easier to forget, because for three years, you'd be out of the habit. At that point, I've only been married 10 and a half years, so. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, you could be younger than your grandchildren with that kind of system. Well, you're the one that writes novels about time travel and stuff, so that's too deep for me. Oh, so I'm grateful for the grace of God and how he's manifested his love through the church, through his scripture. Certainly, if I hadn't met Jesus Christ personally, I don't know that I'd still be alive. And if I were, I don't know that I wouldn't be institutionalized. Well, Uh, if I hadn't met Jesus personally, I would not be doing this radio show and saying we'll be right back. Is it really true that there will be peace in the Middle East if we just have a two-state solution? Or are some people instead challenging Israel's right to exist at all? Is it true that Jews have no historical claim to the Holy Land and stole that land from a people called the Palestinians? Bob Siegel's latest book challenges the historical revision of the Israeli-Palestinian situation and shows how Israel's struggle may soon be the struggle of the entire world. The Holocaust Against Israel by Bob Siegel. Available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Welcome back to 1170 AM, 96.1 FM, The Answer. I'm your host, Bob Siegel. Yes, we're doing our Christmas music earlier. We always start in the month of November. There's something about, I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Christmas carols. New Year's only gets half a carol. 
And a happy new year. That's it. That's the whole carol. Well, I guess old anxiety, we could say, too. That version by, I'm sorry. Oh, who's that version by? Uh, honestly, it was a public domain version, so I can't give you a uh, actual name of an artist. Figgy Pudding just sounds weird. but Yeah, that's... that sounds ghastly. <laughs> yeah, Figgy Pudding. I never had a Figgy that's Pudding, but it just sounds weird. I'm not interested. Anyways. Well, now, uh, oh, go I ahead. I know you know your Pink Floyd stuff, and pudding in Britain just means dessert. If you don't eat your meat, you can't have your pudding. <laughs> Even though fig dessert, I don't know, a fig Newton. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Let's get back to giving some thanks. And I'm thankful for music. I'm thankful for the arts. Music has been a big part of my life. I'll rock the boat a little bit, get it rock the boat. I'm grateful for a number of secular artists who have inspired me and impacted me. I'm So I'm one of those people, I will listen to music, obviously, from the Stump Jim Barrier quiz. Uh, I've listened to a lot of music from secular artists, and I find inspiration in an awful lot of... Oh, I do too, and I'm not one of those people who feels that when I'm driving I have to have praise songs on. I think sometimes secular music is much more creative. I'm probably making some Christian really upset right now. But a lot of the praise songs I don't even care for. There are some that I just absolutely love that I think are brilliant classics like Petra, Road Design, things like that. But I believe God can speak since music is the universal language, and not always by paying attention to the lyrics, because sometimes the lyrics are not very good, but the music itself... I really enjoy secular music. I do too, and particularly on a road trip, I need something to keep me awake. So (laughs) So I'm thankful for that. And we're going to move on. I want to get into some other areas now. We talked about family, friends, and church, and things of the kingdom of God. But I'm going to tell you a few groups of people that I am very grateful for. And we just had Veterans Day. And I am so grateful for people who serve in the armed forces. My grandfather was in the Army, my dad was in the Navy, my stepfather was in the Army, my brother-in-law was in the Navy, my son-in-law was in the Marine Corps, and I even had an uncle in the Coast Guard there in San Diego. I went into the ministry, so I used to sing that I may never march in the infantry, etc., but I'm in the Lord's Army. But I am grateful for any man or woman who puts on a uniform and puts themselves in harm's way to protect our freedom, and to also intervene on behalf of those who cannot defend themselves. So thank God for the armed forces. And all of that coming from someone, you know, I've mentioned it before, I'm a pacifist. And when I was 18, I went down to the draft board, I applied for and, and achieved conscientious objector status, just because for me personally, I couldn't see myself pulling the trigger. But, but you apparently weren't the kind of pacifist who thought the armed services shouldn't exist, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be grateful no. for them. No, or that they need to exist. I understand on a global view why we need to have people who are willing to do that. And so I'm grateful for those folks. And So you're not honest, saying it's a sin. You're just saying as a Christian, I feel that in my specific case, God has called me to something different. Yeah, exactly. If you saw the film Hacksaw Ridge a few years ago, did you see that? No, I didn't. Uh, it's a good film. It's about a conscious objector. It's a great story. And it doesn't mean that you don't honor your country or that you can't serve your country. And I certainly honor people. And I understand, folks, I know a lot about the military because everybody in my family, except myself, every male, and, and I've lived in San Diego and San Antonio, a Navy town and an Air Force town. So I get it. And I appreciate those guys. And especially, we have a, a recruit depot here at Lackland where they train young airmen who are going into the Air Force. And we'll see them sometimes. They'll have their weekend pass or whatever. 
And whenever we see these guys, you know, they look like they're in middle school now. <laughs> you see these young kids with their fresh crew cut. And if we're in line someplace, I'll buy their lunch or their breakfast or whatever. And then go tell them, thank you for serving your country. So I have a great appreciation for anyone that does that. Along with that, in recent years, law enforcement people have gotten a bad rap. And I'm just going to tell you, I know a lot of police officers, sheriffs, people in law enforcement, and the stories of the bad ones always take the spotlight. There are so many selfless people, again, often putting themselves in harm's way, serving, and they patrol our streets. They come when you call them. And I have a great appreciation for law enforcement individuals. I personally think that they're among those who are the most underpaid people in our culture because of the risks they take and the selflessness with which they serve. So I'm thankful for law enforcement people. So now someone's going to go, okay, he's talking about the military, he's talking about the police. Here you go with all your right-wing stuff. You know, folks, it has nothing to do with right-wing. It has to do with right. <laughs> and that these entities, these particular groups of people, protect your rights. And if no other reason, you should be grateful for those people who serve so that you can have the freedoms that you enjoy. I'm going to bring up another group of people that in recent years have really gotten a lot of heat from the Christian community, and that is teachers. Now, I know that there's a whole agenda going on, and I think the education system needs a work Well, we need to I distinguish know. teachers from teachers' unions, and then I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, I had teachers that impacted my life as a young person, and I'm so grateful for them. And I, here's well, the teachers story. of the past, not... sure, but in the present, there's a lot of hideous yeah. stuff going on. Well, and no, well, it doesn't apply is. to all teachers, and a lot of them have their hands tied, and they can't do anything about it. Well, here's a story. The other night, we're in a small group in our church, and with our group, there's maybe a dozen or less people. And one of them is a teacher, and she had a prayer request, and she said, one of my coworkers, a teacher, teaches science, and he made the statement in his science class that people are born with chromosomes, and they have X chromosomes. You could have two X chromosomes or an X and a Y, and there's no variation on that. And he got fired. Yeah, by somebody who a couple of years ago during COVID was telling us to follow the science. Yeah, well, there's no science in that kind of thing. It's an agenda, it's a propaganda, it's rhetoric, and that stuff is sad. But this teacher wouldn't back down and paid a great cost for them. I haven't even met this person, but I have great respect for him for standing by their convictions. And I have a number of friends that are teachers, and they're solid people, and they're people of faith, and they have to find creative ways to stay within the system if they're going to teach in public schools. Uh, well, my wife was a teacher and principal for many years in the public school yeah. system, and right now she's running a Christian academy where she has much more freedom to express her yeah. convictions. But, oh, yes, it's a thankless, tireless job. To a great degree, teachers are underpaid, but I think God, for people who invest their lives in young people, and particularly those who do it with a conscience, with intelligence, and people of faith, they should be appreciated on a very high level. So grateful for those people. Okay, well, let me say this last thing. I am grateful for the freedom that I have in this country. We have problems in this country, and most of the, most of the time on Sunday night, we talk a lot about the problems that there are. But I am grateful that, to this point, I still have freedom. 
I went to a house of worship this morning, and we worshiped the God of the Bible. We named the name of Jesus Christ, and we did that with freedom. We don't have to hide and meet underground or secretively. We have freedom of religion. I have freedom of speech. We're on this radio show right now, and up to this point, we can still broadcast a show where we can bring a point of view that may be contrary to much of Washington, D.C. and much of the secular... Yes, I, too, am very grateful for our constitutional freedoms and the other 5 to 10 to 15 minutes with which we'll probably have it. The Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob. 